Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I am your host, Rudo, joined today by Evan Rowell. You just heard the only strength of the Chicago Blackhawks there. It's, you know what? I, I mean, credit where credit's due. They have a banger of a uh, a goal song, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, it is a good song. Uh, once you hear it over and over again, you get a little sick of it. Yeah, well, you know, you don't hear it that much anymore these days. No, not, so. it's not the same anymore. <laughs> uh, but today we are going to be talking about the strengths and weaknesses of all of the teams in the Central Division. And, well, let's face it, this is an Avs-centric podcast, so let's start with the Colorado Avalanche. There aren't that many weaknesses anymore on this team, are there, Evan? No, I'm I'm having a hard, hard time really thinking of one. I think we mentioned on the podcast, you know, I mean, I guess goaltending, but if you look at statistically at their goaltending last year, it was fine. It was actually quite good. Um Really, if it comes down to that, special teams maybe. They're middle of the pack when yeah. maybe people would hope they're a little bit higher, but still middle of the pack's not, not exactly bad here. Even so, the talent pool, I guess you'd probably want higher than that. But Yeah, we're definitely uh, nitpicking here with the Avs because this uh, Sackick's put together a, a deep roster that's got talent pretty much everywhere, and it's hard to really pick out any real weakness. Is age a concern? I mean, the Evs are, are realistically looking at running at least half of their defense will be under the age of 23. Um, Not really. I don't think so, at least, because Gerard is, you know, this is going to be, what, his fourth year in the league, third year. So I, I, I at this point, he's got plenty of experience. McCarr's got a full year and a couple of playoff runs underneath his belt. So... Yeah, I mean, I don't really think it's that much of a weakness, especially when you, you know, the young guys are who kind of led the way in the playoffs on the back end. So it's, I don't really look at the age as a weakness really at all. I I tend to agree with you, but, you know, I just trying to cover all of our bases here. Another one that regularly gets bring, brought up rather by people is a lack of physicality, uh, a lack of um, an enforcer perhaps for the team. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, nobody uses an enforcer anymore, but I guess, especially with Zegon, people are going to look at that and wonder who's going to fill that role. So we'll have to see. Tampa Bay, you know, made it a point to not really just go out and get enforcers, but guys that can do a little bit of everything. So we'll see if that's something that the Avs maybe look at at the deadline like Tampa Bay did, if they do feel it's a need. But I'm not too worried about it right now just because of how deep this team really is you love to hear it you love to hear sounds like that it it would help if guys like calvert could stay in the lineup (laughs) yeah i mean after last year i mean the evs if they're that injured again it's time to like perform some kind of sacrifice at ball arena or something (laughs) (laughs) that sounds terrible I didn't say what you had to sacrifice, all right? That's just the name of the stadium. Yeah, it's uh if if that happens again this year then you're starting to wonder what's what's going on cuz yeah, that this this team is really set up to go the long long haul and that would really be unfortunate. 
Ben asks, if Miko gets hurt again this year for the third year in a row, does Miko become a question mark? Um, I mean, you could have that conversation, but the fact of the matter is when he's in the lineup, he's a point-per-game player, so... Yeah, at, at the same time, I think you maybe look at, you know, McCarr got banged up a little bit too. If if that happens again to him as well, do you is that something you worry yourself about down the line? But yeah, Miko's injuries last year, what he went headfirst in the boards. That's going to hurt pretty much anybody. Um, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Because what if I remember correctly, his first couple of years he. I don't really think he dealt with much of anything. Um, oh, he it, twisted his ankle in yeah. the rookie camp that one year. Yeah, but. well, he took a puck to the ankle, I think. I think, he, yeah, he, I remember him twisting it off the face up, but it, that didn't really, that was the year he went to the, well, that was his rookie year. I'm trying to remember what yeah. year that was. I, that was his rookie year, and he missed, like, the first couple games of the season. But, like, really, he hasn't missed that much time outside of last year. He only played 42 games. But the year before, he played 74 games. He didn't miss that many. Mm-hmm. Uh, 81 in 17, 18, so perfectly fine there. And then his proper rookie year, he played 75. So if he misses yeah. 8 to 10 games a year, that's fine. I don't think that matters that much at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not too worried about it, but it's not a not a trend you want to see continue. So hopefully he uh I mean I saw on social media pictures of him. He looks completely jacked up. I don't know what he's doing in this offseason, but he's he, like he's hitting the gym real hard. He had to do his military service, right? Oh, or did I don't that know. get delayed because of COVID? I don't know. It's possible. He was supposed to do it, I know that, but <laughs> I don't <laughs> We went over this on yeah. Friday. I sit on the floor because it's it's just the best setup I have. I don't want to sit on the couch or you got to keep up with the shows if you want to know Evan's secrets. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. I, I don't. I mean, really... Would you put goaltending? Like I don't. To to me, I'm not too concerned about. It. I guess maybe right now the third. We're looking at the same situation with the third goalie. Like where we don't yeah, know what their plan is. I'm not worried about that. If you're playing your yeah. third goalie, you're not winning a cup. I'm sorry, but this, mm-hmm. you're just not. Um, it, is it a little bit of an issue? Maybe. I mean, the problem with the two goalies they have is they have a penchant on being a bit streaky. So if they get cold in the playoffs, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. But that's not different than you know, 25 other teams in the league. So, yeah, that's like pretty much every team in the league's got to deal with a streaky goalie. Yeah. So, not not really a big weakness relative to the rest of the central division certainly. I don't the I don't have a team in the central. I guess Dallas is probably the best goaltending tandem in the central right now. Probably. Other than I mean, that, yeah, I mean, I would assume Rene's not going to suddenly bounce back at the age of whatever age he is, like 38. Yeah. Now. yeah, he's old. Um, My only real concern with the goaltending is Frankie was a bit of a... No one knew much about how he would handle in the NHL last year, and now teams have a year of looking at video, maybe his weaknesses, and you just never know how that's going to work out. Yeah, that's um, fair. Beyond that, you know, I think both these goalies are talented and it's just a matter of you know just keeping them healthy and in the net yeah i 
again, the Avs' biggest weakness last year was injuries, just like straight up. So that is what it is. Um, we can kind of start to move in. Let, let's do it this way, Evan. I'm assuming you think the Avs win the division. Yes. Who do you think comes in second? I, I'll still say St. Louis. I think they'll be second place. You think they're still well-rounded enough? Yeah. Um, obviously, Petrangelo is a loss there, but they kind of play more of a team defense style where I still think they're going to try to limit things. And I mean, how much know, does getting Krug soften the blow there? It, it, it helps a little bit for sure. It's going to help them maybe stay out of the defensive zone more than they would have if they had not replaced Petrangelo. And and we've talked about it on the show, Krug is small, but he's not like bad defensively. He's still pretty good defensively. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, they replaced Petrangelo with a bum or anything. It, uh, 100 to zero is not exactly the case there. I think their defense is still a little bit lacking considering they still haven't even signed Vince Dunn yet. And they honestly probably don't even have the room to sign Vince Dunn until they do something. But um, this is a weirdly built team because they don't have elite talent, really. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly is probably their highest end talent who outside of one year of his career is not going to give you elite production. Mm-hmm. And with Vladimir Tarasenko seemingly constantly injured, I have questions about their offensive production. And then you're just betting it all on Jordan Bennington. Yeah. Bennington is because I mean, they won the cup with not a ton of offense. Braden Shen. What is he? 25 goals last year. You know, I would expect him to be around 20 to 25 goals again, but he's not like a game breaker. The real worry would be Bennington because second half of the year last year, he started to look human and you know, what, what, what type of goal are you getting there? You just never know. It's that's, it's kind of like my concern with Francois like NHL. They got their eyes on him for a year and they realized, you know, maybe they started to expose the weaknesses that were there. So yeah, I'd be a little concerned there just because he he finished the year so poorly. But yeah, I actually kind of like that comparison for all the wrong reasons, unfortunately. But <laughs> yeah. um, and, and who's their backup now? Because they yeah, traded Jake Allen. Yeah, right now, they have Billy Huso listed as their backup, which is a totally unproven guy. Mm-hmm. So it's and you're going to see a theme as we go through the rest of the central division that there are some serious questions in goal, which is why I think both of us aren't super worried about the Avs goaltending tandem. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of teams, you look at their, their goaltending and you kind of go, Oh, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, there's some, some guys that I play with in men's league that might be able to start in Chicago. Cause I don't know what the <laughs> yeah. heck they're doing there. Yeah. It's not, pretty out there so we'll see i mean i guess with with tarasenko and on ir they'll be able to sign vince dunn just fine but their decor isn't getting any younger <laughs> like i look pareko's in his prime he's very solid for them they'll get some quality years out of krug 
they have they're stuck in this weird contract with Justin Falk though, who's <laughs> not a six point five million dollar player, and they signed him for eternity. And I think he's actually making like nine million a year too, which is so it's insane to me. Like, well, how did you think he was ever worth that? Like, yeah, I totally forgot that they went out and traded for him and then yep. gave him just this massive contract that he didn't really do anything to earn. Yeah. So at Pareko, I really like him. It's going to be interesting to see because I would assume he's the guy that they're looking at to be the number one. How is he going to actually handle that? Cause he's had Petrangelo there to kind of soften the blow for him that's, a little bit. That's a good point. Actually. Uh, he's not going to get any sheltering at all. He's going to have to be the man on both sides of the puck. Basically. Yes. We'll, see. we'll yeah. see. I I do think they're still number two. I, I tend to agree with you, and it's mostly because they fit their own style of game. They know how to play a team game, score by committee. Um, if they continue to get quality years out of guys like David Perron, they'll just grind teams to death and, and can still play their own brand of hockey. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's pretty reasonable, I think. I'm fine with them being the top two in the division, so we can take our first break there. Acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNBR, with eight different beers on tap, or you can get dozens from the source at the farmhouse in Littleton. Great beer. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Been drinking enough already, I guess. Love love all their beers. Give them a try if you haven't yet. But more importantly, if you want to help support us on this podcast right now, we're running a little competition here at the DNVR where the winning podcast will get a little bit of stuff. If you're considering signing up for a DNVR membership, now is a fantastic time to do it. If you want to help support the Avs podcast, be sure to use code AVS when you sign up for a yearly deal. I mean... Let's face it. I would love to take down the Broncos guys right now, just to just to throw it in their face while they're in season a little bit. So, yeah, it's not really fair. They're in season. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, we need all the help we can get here. If you if you want to sign up, if you want to support us, use that AVS code when you sign up for a DNVR subscription. So you know we can uh, at least keep up with these these Broncos guys who are in the middle of their season. Uh, I wish we were in the middle of our season, but. We're not. And when you sign up, you'll get a free t-shirt of your choice from the DNVR locker as well as a free mask. So it's a great deal as well. If you're looking for some merch, you might as well throw on it down for a subscription as well. Second period of the DNVR Abs podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Henry asked what would be the biggest challenges the Avs should face for their 25th anniversary season to make a run for the Stanley Cup once more. I mean, without being able to see the future, the toughest team in the West is probably Vegas. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, we just talked about it. Injuries would be the biggest challenge. Yeah, right. Healthy Avs team can take on anyone. And, you know, beyond that, I... We don't really have, obviously everyone's optimistic, like obviously having a season is going to be able to play a big role. That's part number one, I suppose. Yeah. So injuries and yeah, I I think the Vegas is their, their competition. I know we're probably going to talk about Dallas next, but it's just kind of funny how nobody, I I don't, I still think it was a bit of a fluke. What, what all happened in the playoffs, but they're not like a bad team or anything, but you know, I, I still wouldn't put them up there with the Avs in still, Vegas in terms of next year. 
let me pose you that question then. Third in the division. Is it Dallas, or do you think someone like a Winnipeg could sneak in there? Winnipeg's still too. Uh, their defense, I don't like that. So I, I still would go with Dallas just based off of really their, their, the way that they shut teams down. I, I wouldn't bank on their offense just suddenly being explosive like it was in the playoffs based on what we saw all year where they couldn't score goals. Um, Tyler Sagan's coming off of a million surgeries. Jamie Ben is, you know, he found the fountain of youth in the playoffs. Is that going to continue in the regular season? Yeah. yeah. And they're, I mean, Radulov is 34. Blake Como is 34. Cogliano is 33. Like they all got a year older. Mm-hmm. The only thing, the only spot where it felt like they really get better is if Ben Bishop is healthy again. Yeah, and you know they got to hope that guys like Garyanov and Hints continue to develop to kind of bridge that gap between the aging, aging guys and getting some young forwards that are going to step in and score a little bit more and take some pressure off the old guys. Yep. But I would say that they are, uh, they are still third. I don't. There's the rest of the division is pretty flawed to me. Um, yeah. So, which we'll go through, but yeah, I, I would still put them third, and I would assume Ben Bishop would bounce back just because he he's been very pretty consistent his entire career. Yeah, I Ben Bishop, the player, I think is solid. Ben Bishop, can he stay healthy? I think is a different question for them. Yeah, and that's not to say like Kudobin had a very good year last year. It's just he's not Ben Bishop. You can't no. expect him to carry the load. I don't think for a full season as a starter. Yeah. Yeah. He never has before. So I don't know why you would, I mean, goalies are voodoo. You never know, but I would not anticipate it happening. Yeah. Me either. Um, another guy who isn't particularly young kudos in 34 bishops, 33, I guess, but yeah, it's an older team. And especially if this is going to be, if they do have a season, it's going to be tight where they're playing a lot of back to backs. Yep. That's true. Be- you know how are how are older players gonna gonna handle that? Uh, yeah, man, Pavelski's thirty six. This team really is old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just keeps going because he doesn't he he doesn't particularly move well anyway. So I don't know how when he's actually gonna break down <laughs> when someone dumps him on his head again or something. Um, yeah. So Dallas is kind of that weird team where they're basically the same as they were last year. It's just is what they did in the playoffs even remotely repeatable for them? Mm, yeah, I, I would not have, not have expected that, but you never know. It, it's going to be a short, short, weird season again, so we'll see. Could have not played Bishop last year, says AJ, which is true, but also I guess you get into the goalie voodoo conversation here, right? It's how repeatable is that from a guy like Kudobin? Where have you seen? He's put up random seasons of 926, 930 in, in his career, but then he's also had seasons of pretty blah numbers. Yeah. Kudobin's numbers were better, but Bishop's weren't bad, I don't believe. I think they were still like 920, which is, you take that. And, yep. and a lot of that is, you know, I think the way that that team plays a little bit. So, um, yeah, I, 
I would assume this is all assuming Ben Bishop is healthy. We don't really know. I don't know what was going on with him in the playoffs, and I haven't really paid much attention to as far as if he's having surgery or things like that, but that's a big role. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about Bishop, but I don't cover the Dallas Stars, so mm-hmm. not 100% sure on that one. All right, I, I got to assume you have Winnipeg fourth <laughs> in the division then. Yeah, it's... To me, this is where it starts to get jumbled between those three teams. Yeah. Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Nashville, and Minnesota, where it's just like, it's kind of a toss up there. Um, I I wouldn't have Minnesota there. I think you could have the Nashville conversation. Yeah. With Winnipeg, they got, they went out and got Stasny, which Stasny's still solid, but is he a number two center anymore? I guess we'll kind of wait and see on that one. Um, I guess they didn't trade line A. We all thought that was kind of the yeah. plan coming yeah. in the summer, but he's still there and their wingers are not the problem. It's it was center depth beyond Shifley. And then, you know, their defense is obviously the issue there, but Hellebuck uh, covers up a lot of those issues. So yeah, I would, uh, I would tend to put, I'd probably put them a little bit above um, Nashville just cause I, I, I would think that they're going to score a little bit more goals than Nashville is. Just to rewind, apparently Bishop is out five months after surgery. Yeah, we already mentioned oh. Sagan as well. Sagan had like a torn labrum or something. It was bad. Didn't he have like six yeah, different injuries? There were like three <laughs> other things wrong with him too. Yeah, Sagan was seriously messed up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that dude's messed up. I, it explains his playoff terribleness a little bit maybe. but Yeah. Because that dude was just invisible in the playoffs, but... Uh, getting back to Winnipeg, I, I think that's kind of the reality for for them is it's all riding on Hellebuck. It, it, the guy has to have a, a high-end season and goal for them to be playoff competitive or, or competing for a playoff spot, I guess I should say. Um, mm-hmm. That's not to say they don't have talent. They have some solid high-end forward talent, but they didn't really go out and solve their defensive problems. I mean, you're asking Josh Morrissey to to be better. You're asking Neil Pionk to do it again on their defensive side. They might mm-hmm. realistically be starting like Lucas Pisa, which is not good. <laughs> yeah, and Dylan DeMello's a a good player. I'm not sure he's necessarily a top four defenseman, but he's a decent enough player to add on their defense, but you know, they it it really is Josh Morrissey, and then a bunch of guys that you kind of have to hope play play above what their actual level is. Uh, I don't know if Neil Pionk really is, you know, a thirty to forty point defenseman consistently. Maybe on Winnipeg because he's getting a lot of minutes, but um, he's not a guy I would certainly want on my top pair. Uh, but yeah, I mean they they can score goals. Blake Wheeler felt like he took a little bit of a step back finally last year. Uh, where he was kind of defying everything, where he just kept getting better with age. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Hellepuck really is the key to holding that team together because uh, that defense is definitely their weak point. And they do still have to sign Jack Roselvik on the forward side or trade him, seems more likely. Uh, with Brian Little injured, they have the the cap space with him on LTIR. So that's not a problem. It's just a question of, like, 
how do they make their defense better at this point? I There was the talk about Mackenzie Weger for a long time of trading for, and that just didn't happen. And I just don't know that there's that many options out there anymore for them to improve their team. Yeah, I mean, really, the only option is to trade trade a winger. I'm sure that kind of was the plan was, you know, trade line A and hope that you get a defenseman back because they don't really have any cap room. I think they have like $600,000 in cap space. It's not like they can go out and do a lot. So, yeah, they're going to have to figure out some sort of way to to get some help on that defense. And I think they maybe had hoped that line A was going to be that, but he's still there. And at this point, you just hope he can bounce back to the 40, 50 goal scorer he, he was a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, I know AJ loves Mason Appleton, but I don't have a ton of faith in their bottom six forwards either. You're, you're basically asking their top six to carry the load pretty heavily for this team. And and as you already mentioned, you know, Paul Stastny had 38 points in 71 games last year is, is not the player that he used to be at age 34 now. Mm-hmm. So, well, they you know, went and got Nate Thompson. That's just the default great. move teams do when they need help in the bottom six. 36 year old Nate Thompson is really going to do it for him. Huh? Yeah. Jack Rosovic really has not, turned into the guy that everyone thought he was going to be maybe a couple of years ago. Yep. So, yeah, they, they have some pieces. Adam Lowry's a good player. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, and their top six has line. A, it has Connor. It has Ehlers. Mm-hmm. It still has Blake Wheeler and, and Shifley who are just fine. <laughs> like they will yeah. give you a lot of production. <laughs> yeah. I'm not worried about their top six scoring goals. They can score goals. It's just, it's it's the rest of the team, and like we said, we get to this point in the in the in the division is just a lot of maybe mediocrity down here before we get to the the real bad at the end. Yeah, uh, the, the other mediocrity here, uh, I presume you're talking about Nashville. Yeah, that's just a team that's you know they they peaked, maybe they you know they went to the finals and then the year they beat the Avs, that might have been their best shot. You know they. I'm sure, they, like it, yeah. I'm sure they hoped that Duchesne was going to be kind of help them push them over the edge, but those didn't work out last year. And now they're, you know, it's, it's, we just looked at their cap friendly. They only have 10 forwards on the roster. We don't really know what they're going to be doing to fill out this forward core. They might bring in some, let some younger guys play, but it's just a, a, a roster that is underachieved now for a little bit. And you wonder where they can go from here. Yeah, it's just a roster that's incomplete right now, right? Uh, they have, for a team that is not that removed from trying to push for a Stanley Cup, they have 13 million projected in cap space. Mm-hmm. So I have to believe that they're not done with whatever they're trying to do in yeah. in the off season. Yeah, AJ says Hoffman. We talked about that before we went live. Yeah, it it just makes sense. Like he he doesn't. Have, I don't think he's probably got a lot of options right now. Whereas a team like Nashville can probably toss some money at him for a year or two. They've tried that like 17 times with forwards and it's never worked out for them though. Yeah. I don't, I would have expected Granlin to do a lot better than he did there and it just didn't work out. So I don't know what's going on there. So and I don't, John Hines is a head coach. I'm not totally convinced. Either. Yeah. Yeah. 
they kind of went with the old, well, our coach has been here too long, so here's another random dude to be the coach. There's another guy who got fired two months ago. Yep. Um, obviously, goaltending situation, probably their biggest question mark. Rene has absolutely fallen off a cliff, and all the hype around Yusei Saros has kind of died as he's put up average below league average honestly numbers so far as he's been tried to transition into a starter role yeah i I still do like him but yeah i guess you just wonder is he the guy is he someone that you can have as the guy moving forward now they're probably thinking we just got to get to askarov we got to get to the point where he can get over because that guy looks legit yeah Um, yeah but yeah i mean that's just a team that on paper I think I picked them to, you know, maybe do a little bit better in the playoffs than they did. And they didn't even make it out of the round robin. And you just look at the talent, you think they should be better than they are, and they just aren't. So uh, it's hard to really take them seriously at this point. I mean, looking at the positives for the team, still have pretty strong defensive core. They have Norris winner Roman Yossi at age 30. Got a couple of good years left for sure. Ellis is 29, same kind of thing. Ekholm, 30 with two years left on his deal. And the their bottom three, you have Fabro, a good young young talent there who, who you're hoping to get a little bit more out of as he develops. Um, Borbietsky kind of is what he is. Matt Benning, two guys they went out and got this offseason feel a little bit warm body-ish to me, but their defense is not a pushover by any means. No, their defense goes as those big three go. Um, you know, I think they're, I'm sure they're hoping Fabro takes another step to kind of make it more like the big four that they had a couple years ago, but at least bridge that gap to where they're not just totally relying on those three defensemen to carry the load. Um, yeah, the, the, the defensemen they went out and signed this summer are definitely, it, it seems like they just threw money at guys to fill out the the roster there at the bottom six. Cause they gave those guys what I think between two of them, about $4 million just to three fill it out. So yeah. And I'm not Borowicki's an awesome dude. Not, not a guy that you're particularly scared to go up against because he's not very good anymore. I mean, he's a bottom pairing guy, right? Like, yeah. I'm not even sure he's that really. He's more of like a seventh, eighth probably defenseman. Make that argument, yeah. So, um, yeah. Beyond once, if they lose a defense, if they lose one of those big three guys, then that team gets exposed a little bit more. Yep. So, I mean, chalk up another one in the goalie voodoo category, I guess, for the Central Division. Of if Saros gets hot, maybe it's a different conversation, but. Uh, <laughs> I think they're in certainly some trouble to say the least. Uh, we can take our second period break here though, as we do got to talk about Chevalier mortgage with Mike and Virginia Chevalier. They've been in the business for more than 15 years and they're locals as well as big Bronco fans and Colorado state alums as well. So they're awesome people local been supporting us here at DNVR for a long time too. You can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. You can also sign up for a free raffle to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you go to dnvrmortgage.com. So jump on that. We're just giving away all sorts of merch here, whether you sign up for a DNVR yearly subscription with that abs code 
or are getting over to Chevalier Mortgage. Uh, since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage your largest debt, they believe it's vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation when you do visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. So jump on over there and get yourself set up with a free consultation as well to figure out where exactly you are at. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. We also have the sponsor of this podcast, DraftKings Sportsbook. Week 10 of football is in the books, so now it might be time to review the tape and get ready for Week 11 to get your bets in there. There's no better place to get in on all of this action. Uh, excuse me, it's not Week 10. It's uh, Week 9 just finished. I, I can count. I know numbers. It's been a long off season. All right. Either way, bunch of auction action, awesome action coming up for you, whether it be the major golf tournament this weekend, my money's still on that guy. I don't even remember his name, but his odds were plus 200,000. So just put $1 <laughs> on that guy. And if you win Larry Mize, that was his name, put $1 on that dude. And you could win a ton of money. If the impossible happens, you never know. DraftKings is America's top rated sports book. And they want to put you in the center of the action with many different ways to make it rain. You can get up to $100 covered. If you're a new user on Sunday's action. So jump in on that. They'll cover up to a hundred dollars risk-free for you all Sunday long over the weekend. So just be sure. Why not? It's, it's a free hundred bucks to play with. Have a little fun with it. They also have a bunch of other amazing offers and promotions, including odds boosts every single day. Look, it's great. Especially you can just throw a couple bucks in there and just sit around and wait for their no brainer bets that are literally like free money. Like the UFC fight going longer than 10 seconds. They're just giving you money. That's all they're <laughs> really doing. So why not give it a go? Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't miss offer of $100 covered on insuring your Sunday bets. Just just do it. Just do it with the code DNVR. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Risk-free coverage paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Plus two hundred thousand. Yeah. Could you imagine like his his like somebody on his team like, hey, uh I don't wanna let you I don't wanna like bring you down or anything, but you're at plus two hundred thousand <laughs> to win this thing and he's just like oh, <laughs> let's go home. I don't want to play anymore. Not even worth it to try <laughs> at that point. I mean look, i if I was made it, I guess you'd, you'd be like thrown out if you bet on yourself, right? So They'll be like, oh, Larry, one person bet on you and it was you. Uh, <laughs> that's not allowed. <laughs> You're out. You're out of the Masters. <laughs> All right. So here are some teams you probably shouldn't bet on in the Central Division. Evan, would you rather start by dunking on Minnesota or start by dunking on Chicago? Um. I would bet on Minnesota before I bet on Chicago. So we should start with Minnesota. And All right. Save the worst for last. All right. I I might have Minnesota as, as the worst, but I guess they do at least have an NHL goaltender in, in Cam Talbot. Yeah, and Stalock's not terrible. He's, he's fine as a backup, sure. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and the one thing I'd say they have is they have some defense, whereas Chicago, obviously Chicago has... 
uh, future Norris winner, Nikita Zadorov there now, but um, yeah, Minnesota is just, it's just another mediocre team. Uh, no real centers. They're banking on what they trade for Marcus Johansson. I don't think he's played center in years. Yeah. It's their center depth is just terrifyingly bad. <laughs> and Nick Benino's a good third line center, not a guy you want on your first line by any means. So, yeah, and you're banking on Cam Talbot to look a little bit. His numbers in Calgary were decent. Um, if he if he starts to look more like the guy that was in Edmonton, you're in trouble. Yeah, uh, I I mean I think Minnesota's just straight up in trouble. They're like you said, their center depth is non-existent. Marcus Johansson is not a one C. Nick Bonino is not a two C. Victor Rask is arguably barely <laughs> an NHLer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's their center depth, unless they're going to try something crazy. Uh, they have decent wings, but they're kind of old. When you look at Zach Parise and Matt Zugarello at the top of their lineup, I, I guess they're asking for big steps out of guys like Jordan Greenway or, or Kirill Kaprizov, who they they just brought over. But is he actually over? Like, is that actually happening? <laughs> I mean, he's on his ELC. I assume he's coming over, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, they uh. Boy, they better be hoping that Kevin Fiala is legit because <laughs> he had a good year. Actually, he had a really good year. But does he, you know, can you bank on him to do that again? Because if he doesn't, then then they're in even more trouble. I mean, I guess they could play Marco Rossi. He's not going to start the season as their one C, but there's <laughs> a very real chance that they just drop him in the NHL and say go. That's fair. That would be. I mean that would be crazy, wouldn't it? Like <laughs> I mean, when you have nobody else, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> when you're trying to play uh Victor Rask as your three C, you might as well. But Yeah, maybe not as an eighteen or nineteen year old. I think you probably at that point you just especially if it's a shortened season, I say you let him play in juniors and then come back next year. But I mean, he's already playing in uh Switzerland. So, oh, well, that's a little bit better. Gives you a better idea there. But yeah, I, that to me, I'm looking at that roster and I'm saying this is a short season. Let's just eat it and maybe get a high draft pick and then we'll come back younger next year. Tank for Ratty. Yeah. It's, uh, there's nothing exciting about this roster. I don't even know what to say about them. Yeah, they got, they got good defensemen and, uh, the rest of the roster, roster is just, uh, yeah, Nick Bukestad in their top six. Ugh. Even that, guy's, that guy's going to get hurt into the first period of the first game. That's how it is. Interesting defenseman is Matt Dumba, and they're probably going to have to trade him like at the end of the year. So, yeah, Spurgeon's still really good, obviously. But yeah, yeah. they have the guys that they're retaining are are guys that are just like rock solid, but are they've gonna, been around forever. Yeah, exactly. Not going to provide anything too crazy interesting to their blue line. So it's Duncan season. That's all I'm saying. And behind Minnesota, you have Chicago who I already mentioned. The best thing about them is their goal song. And that's about it. Um, look, I mean, they have some talent in their top six forwards. Obviously they still have Patrick Kane. The Cat is able to produce. Well, Kubalik was a 30 goal scorer for them. A little bit of a Cy Young award winner there, but, they can score some goals. The yeah, do you think is, he does that again? Kubalik? 
Um, it came out of nowhere. His shooting percentage was definitely <laughs> high, but he also did it in 68 games. So mm-hmm. maybe it, it doesn't hurt when you have guys like Patrick Kane feeding you. That's for sure. No, it does not. And I, if I remember correctly, I'm just trying to pull it up. Debrinkat's numbers kind of dipped yeah, last year did. too. And I think it's because he played away from Kane a good <laughs> chunk. So Patrick Kane is obviously still the linchpin there because he can he's still legit. He's still a very, very good winger. Um but yeah, that's yeah, that's a bad <laughs> that's that's the one team I feel confident in saying I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. It just and and look, they even have someone like Kirby Doc, a young kid that you might expect a breakout out of if they continue to get quality out of Dylan Strom, sure, but it just doesn't matter. They can score a million goals every game and they give up a million and one because first of all, their defense is in shambles. Their best defender is still Duncan Keith, who is not Mm-mm. who he used to be. Mm-mm. Yeah, the key is the door of their best defender. Okay. That and if if you want to say that, then that sums it up perfectly, I think. Yeah. Um well let's go back to Kirby Doc, because that guy looks like he's just gonna be such a pain to deal with in the division. Yep. For a long time. He's just he looks like he's a monster, if we're being honest. So um they got that going for him. It might not happen right away, but he was against Edmonton, he looked like he he was starting to figure things out and he had a game against the Avs down the yep. stretch whereas yeah, he's going to be a problem to deal yep. with. So, um, yeah, the defense better, better just to not talk about him. I, I love Z. I hope he wins the Norris this year for real. <laughs> Don't see it happening, but, uh, well, I yeah, mean, that's their problem because they don't have a real NHL goaltender yet. Yeah. They do uh, not. <laughs> goaltenders on their roster are Colin Delia and Malcolm Subban. Uh, supposedly, according to AJ, they're very interested in playing Kevin Lankinen in the NHL cool. this year. But that's a whole lot of guys who have proven to be their third goaltenders and a guy that is entirely unproven at the NHL level. So... <laughs> Yeah, they're really banking on that goalies or voodoo thing that these guys just come out of. I mean, Delia, if I remember correctly, he had a decent run a couple years ago where he was so, like doing some decent things, but uh, nine oh eight in sixteen games. Yeah, it's. I would not bank on this team to do really anything with those goalies <laughs> and the defense combined with them. Yeah, that, that was the that was the fun thing about the playoffs against Edmonton, betting the over on every one of those games. Easiest over of your life. Yeah, every it was the, game, that's the I play. Think the first, if I remember correctly, game one was over in the first period. Like they scored between the th- two teams had like six goals in that first period of the first game. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a this is a bad team, and they're openly admitting it that they're rebuilding. So at least they get they are not you know, being very quiet about this. They know what they're doing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think they're going to be probably picking top five or in the, bo- I guess we could just say bottom five because you never know the lottery, but yeah, true. True. Not a great team. I just, is it, it, if they don't go out and get another goaltender, it's just full on tank, right? There's no, <laughs> there's no sure. beating around the bush at this point. No, I mean, no reasonable team is, 
trying to make a playoff run with those two goalies, those three goalies, I guess. Yeah, sure. It in before Lankinen has like a nine thirty season season or something ridiculous, but yeah, then I'm gonna have to figure out who he is because I don't know who he is. He's fair. I think he played in the AHL last year, and that's yeah, he's playing mostly in Finland before that. So yeah, very I feel confident in saying that's going to be the worst team in the division. <laughs> You could, I mean, you could make a case for worst team in the league based on uh, what I'm seeing here. If they run those goalies, mm-hmm. I, I guess Detroit will give them a run for their money. But yeah, Detroit is the same way where they just signed a bunch, just the East Side Hockey Manager thing. You sign a bunch of guys for one year, just and to trade them, space. just to fill space and trade them for draft picks. <laughs> just slowly build your team. <laughs> Steve yeah. Eisenman's been playing. Yeah, the team hasn't played in eight months, so he's trying to figure out how to build that team. <laughs> Every day, just sitting around like, how can I collect more draft picks? Yeah. So, yeah, the original six. There's this two baddies right there. Yeah. I, is Toronto the best original? I guess the Rangers probably Boston. could make them a case. Oh, yeah, Boston, duh. Uh, yeah. Boston far and away the best. Yeah. Not even close. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, look, this is as much as AJ and I have talked about the Avs being good. One of the better teams in the league. There's as much reason to be excited about them in the central division because the central division is the weakest it's looked in a long, long time outside of the Avs. Yeah. That's why, I mean, even this year, this year was ripe to make a run and the Avs we're making a run before their entire team's legs fell off. Uh, Even then they were right there with St. Louis. Like, yeah. So this is same thing this year, which is why you just hope they have a season. They could play it out. And the Avs are in as good a shape as anyone in the West. Yeah. I, I would agree. Like we kind of said at the start of the show, it's them in Vegas in the West for the most part. Um, Obviously the East, you mentioned Boston, Tampa Bay is not just going to go away, so we'll see. But it's it's exciting times where you look at teams and you say the Avs are just better than some of them. Yeah. Yeah, the East is definitely in a better position as far as top-end teams to the West. Yeah, for West, sure. it's a, a very small amount of teams, whereas the East, it's a little bit more wide open. You definitely have teams that can could make runs in the East for sure. But that's not the Avs' problem until the Stanley Cup. So nope. you got to love it. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show there and let you guys know about MSU Denver Online, a place that I went to school for a while, and they have pretty much everything you need to as far as going to school in these pandemic times that we're in. So jump in on it. MSU Denver online puts that dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. They also make for great networking opportunities as many of them come from the field that they are teaching about. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs, and some of our very own members took classes over the summer, Ali Monroy and Harrison Wynn. So if you have any questions, be sure to hit those guys up. That's going to do it for our show today. Thank you, everyone, for watching, listening, however you consume the pod. 
We have, I think it's Evan and I again tomorrow, maybe for the rest of the week. I'm actually not sure. AJ will be back when he's back. I don't really know, but a bunch more talk around the, around the league, what the abs have to do to, to get to where they need to be. But until next time, we will talk to you guys tomorrow.